This episode is brought to you uninterrupted by RenegadePopCulture.com. Need an escape? So do we. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Raw, R-A-A-W, Reflecting and Analyzing Wrestling. I am, oh, sorry, let me, let me redo that. In this corner, we have Paul E. Payne. And in the opposing corner, we have Neoplasmic. One side represents Clock Shelves Entertainment. One side represents Renegade Pop Culture. Two forces collide to bring you R-A-A-W. That was very Everybody. good. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. That was very good. Do, do, you, uh, do you need some uh, golem juice now at this point? <laughs> Every so often I, I try to do like a fun little fun little thing but uh no for real hello everybody um i'm paul <laughs> neoplasmic on the other side of the yeah. microphone also known as kiona yeah everybody yeah I, if you're if you know me from renegade pop culture you know that i just go by kiona a lot of the time too so fine well i wasn't sure we've talked briefly off yeah mic about yeah potential yeah. rebranding so uh potential 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 um it's okay people know so uh today we are back the dog show is over. The dog show has ended. Sadly. We are back talking about WWF Monday Night Raw, February 15th, 1993. Uncut, uncensored, and uncooked. Unplugged, one might say. Unplugged. Uh, so far. Unmiked. Unmiked, yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to say it, hands down. This raw ranks higher than most of them that we've watched so far, and it, I think it gains at least why. a point for <laughs> for one reason only, one specific reason. Yes, uh, this episode featured. Uh, I don't know if it was real or not. Um, if it was a, a shoot or a work, brother, brother, but um, this episode uh, appears at the beginning. We see. Uh, Vince McMahon, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Rob Bartlett talking. And then when they move over to the commentary desk, it appears that Macho Man is having some difficulty with his headset microphone sort of deal. He gets these very like a uh, terrible audio quality sort of thing. Sounds like he's calling in through a phone. And then we hear later on, a little bit later on, we hear a bit of a scuffle and right that's the right word scuffle pretty much and then uh we hear uh, macho I, I, man clearly and then we hear zero from rob bartlett for the rest of the show and as you said it moves up at least one maybe in my book even two points for the lack of commentary from rob bartlett it, for it, the rest of that show well for me it needed it because <laughs> this was a rough one but uh yeah. Um at least for that reason I will I will I will tack on an extra point. Um, for that reason by itself. But yes, uh 
it, it's it's interesting, and especially what what I got a kick out of was the fact that <laughs> Macho is going like, "Get a producer down here to the floor," and like you hear just Vince going. Vince is just like, I'd hate to be the producer of this show. Oh my gosh, that got me so much. <laughs> He's like, I'd hate to be the like you are, <laughs> like you are, bro. <laughs> Macho's like threatening to kill him. <laughs> we just but, never hear it. For, for those uh, listening along week to week, we got a little taste there of yep. uh, of of the the Tang's takeoffs, the uh, the little uh, impressions that uh, Kiona could do. A um, little bit of macho man there for a moment. <laughs> Buddy, get a producer on the floor over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh, that really kills the throat, though. So, uh, <sighs> I don't know how he did that all the time. So since you did your segment, I'm going to do mine really quickly. Uh, and sure. it's going to pay off sort of later on. Um, I don't know if it's actually an official like word, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use it here for a little bit of a PW. Wait, what is it? Pro wrestling parlance with parlance. Paul. PW, PWP. Yeah, uh, PWPWP. Turn. <laughs> so I'm just gonna call ah. it turn is the word. Right. This this edition. Um, basically, it is when someone. Uh, either appears to or actually does go from being a good guy to a bad guy or bad guy to good guy. Um, we see that perhaps a little later on in uh, the main event and the and the little. I, the I think we there. do. So um, I think we that's, do. That's going to be the pro wrestling parlance with Paul for this week is turn. It's not necessarily a secretive word like some others like kayfabe or things like that because uh mm -hmm. I mean, it just makes sense you have now turned from being one side to the other but mm -hmm. uh, that's what they call it is a turn um i gotta say my opinion this episode was not the best even with the rob bartlett uh or lack thereof yeah but it actually wasn't bad i and may, okay. it may have been the shorter runtime or what have you, but I actually enjoyed this a lot more than I enjoyed uh, Super Brawl three last week. Let me tell you. Um, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> they both made me fall asleep a little. They both made me fall asleep. Well, Super Brawl made me fall asleep more. I'll put it that way. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, it really did though. We, I put uh, that on and I was out within like 20 minutes. <laughs> well, people, Albeit, I was very I tired. Say that my uh, my voice has that uh, <laughs> effect on them, too. <laughs> no, <laughs> not true. Not true. <laughs> not good. No. So uh, we start the show with. Um, Oh, well, can we talk got... about the the short little promos before the show even starts? Oh, like, please go the, ahead. Go the ahead. beefcake promo and the and the DiBiase promo, uh, which is pretty much just DiBiase doing his evil laugh for like two minutes, and like you know they're so they're really pushing Brutus the Barber as this you know as like the the main baby face of the episode, and I. 
I just felt like coming off of that promo that was not very well received the you know from the previous episode of Raw it it felt a little bit forced like they are really trying to push Brutus and I have no you know qualms with with that or or anything but it's just that uh I I felt like it didn't really work and um and with DiBiase of course DiBiase is such a great heel that it doesn't really matter like you can throw him in any match and he'll be fine um the 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 strange tension between him and and Jimmy Hart of course that pays off later and I but I but I get the feeling that the reason why they're pushing Beefcake so much is because there is you know going to be the return of a certain uh, maniac of the hulking variety um. I just think that I just think that they could have done like a slightly better job with it, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't know. But I think this Brutus the Barber Beefcake thing, it was just to get people all riled up so that, you know, Hogan can come back the next week. Maybe. I don't remember if he does. So, uh, you know, and then they have heat between him and DiBiase and, and Irwin. Irwin. And uh yeah, that was the. <laughs> so, I mean, that's an interesting angle to bring Hulk back into, I, I think. But, you know, they they beat up his his buddy, his friend, and you know he comes back and he's like, I'm gonna you know get revenge for for Brutus and all that stuff. And Jimmy Hart, of course, turns. Oh, sorry, spoiler. <laughs> but well, um, but you know, I mean, of course, Jimmy Hart's gonna turn. Jimmy Hart's gonna go in Hulk in Hulk's corner. It's just the way that they were at the time. So. Well, and that's so the the weirdest thing for me, and especially when you look at I mean, obviously we're looking at this 30 years later. So and we yeah. and one of the things that we've kind of consistently talked about is how um this was not even necessarily the A show at the time, right? right? Like like I, right. I think for a very long time um we could agree that monday night raw was the a show and then smackdown came on and it smackdown was the b show and then a lot of their syndicated mm-hmm. stuff and weekend stuff and all that sort of went away they kept some of it obviously and then it became where now um arguably uh smackdown and you know it kind of switched back and forth i i actually might argue that smackdown is the a show in 2023 and even in 2022 and maybe going back a year before that even um but i Mm. would argue that smackdown is the a show because one it gets a higher audience two it tends to feature the world yes it's on a it's on a a bigger network Mm -hmm. um so therefore, uh, more advertisers, more viewers, all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's not just dollars for advertising. UPN or the CW or anything anymore, you know. Right. Um, it also tends to feature the company champion more yep. than Raw over the last few years. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, like, and again, like, I, I feel that, uh, you know, the company or Vince or whoever may not see it that way, but from a financial standpoint, it appears that that is the case for the last few years. But again, at this point in 1993, like we see heavily, we see several clips and things like that from superstars on this particular Mm -hmm. episode. 
Yeah. And, you know, we've seen in, in previous episodes, we've seen uh, uh, advertisements for superstars. We've seen advertisements for Mania, the, the television program. And, you know, obviously mm-hmm. they, the, the house show loop was still big because they didn't have, you know, television rights fees, which is the big thing now for, for, uh, for, well, really any of the major wrestling companies. Um, but Monday Night Raw was not necessarily their A show. And it's interesting to me to see that. And one of the big ways that you see that is the fact that we still, I believe, I could be mistaken, but we still have yet to see Bret Hart wrestle a match on Monday Night Raw. He's appeared in person. That's true. I want to say no more than once. twice. Was it yeah. once? Okay, it may even be once, but I'm once, just, I think. Yeah, once. It's, I believe it was yeah. that second episode. He came out yeah. did an interview. And, you know, obviously he's in like the Ico Pro commercials and, 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 you know, he's been yep. in other little like advertisements and things for them. But yeah, okay. I couldn't remember if he was on a second time after that second episode, but okay. So the, the, the company champion, the world champion, uh, you know, let's say has been on one episode of this show. And yep. so they, they clearly need someone else to be. I don't want to say the top guy, but sort of that lead babyface. Because if you're not going to have your top champion who is a babyface, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously we've seen Shawn Michaels several times, heel character. We've seen Razor Ramon several times, heel character. Heel character. Heel Kamala, who we've seen several times, has not been up to that point, even though he is a a, a face now. Like you just yeah. said, Yokozuna, heel. Lex Luger was introduced not long ago to with perhaps one of the greatest introductions I think, ever. Heel. You know, <laughs> like... <laughs> I think Giant Gonzalez has more appearances at this point. Right. And even, even okay, so even going with the Giant Gonzalez thing, we... You know, he's the he's the heel and the Undertaker is the baby face. We saw Undertaker on that first episode with Damian Demento. And I think Damian Demento has more appearances. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So they needed someone. And. You know, one of the things that has definitely benefited or did, because I don't think they're in as tight as they used to be. But definitely that did benefit uh, Brutus for a long time was proximity to Hulk. And to Macho Hogan. Man yeah. even says it here because basically, yeah. I mean, he he paints he paints Brutus as, you know, perhaps the most blessed person because the tag team that Brutus has behind him is the man upstairs and the man in the red and yellow, you know, and and the way that the company was at that time there was perhaps no greater tag team that you could want than the man in red and yellow and the man upstairs. <laughs> just That's how he kept referring. It just made me laugh. Uh, I know. I don't even understand that, but okay. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, cloud man. So it, it, it kind of makes sense that it would be Brutus because of the proximity to Hulk, but, going all the way back to what you had yeah. said based off of the promo that we talked about on the previous episode of Monday Night Raw which would be two episodes back for us there wasn't in my opinion and I believe you share this opinion there wasn't anything 
substantial there. Like he can't, and we talked about, it. I'm right. not necessarily going to go right. in that length, but he came back and he said, I'm back and I'm here for an I'm, open I'm challenge. Back not, and an open I'm back challenge for, for everybody. People. I'm back to, to show you that dreams really can come true. Like he could have done any of that, but he didn't not even and we discussed this good, at length in a previous good one, so evening, gonna... New York. Not even that. <laughs> right. So it's, it, it's weird. Like may, on one hand, it makes sense that he's the baby face, but on another hand, it's weird because other than proximity to Hulk and okay, great. He survived this incredible tragedy we have no reason to actually care about him. Million yeah. Dollar Man, we have a reason to hate him, right? He's like, oh, yes. he just cares about money. He thinks everyone has a price. You know, he's 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 bold. He's he's full of himself. He's this, he's that. We could easily hate that guy. And he has same a great with, evil laugh. Right. Same with same with IRS, right? Like we could easily hate that guy. Like no one, you know. No one cares like no about one taxes. taxes, right? <laughs> All He's that the tax collector. No one likes him. <laughs> and even, and I'm not saying it's okay. And we're, I know we're going to have this conversation when we, when we get to that point. But even in the mindset of 1993, and actually further back, because it's obviously a much older storyline. But even just the concept of Yokozuna being like, "I'm here in America, and I'm going to take down all you patriotic people." Yeah, at least that's a reason may not be the best reason, but at least that's a reason to dislike him. We don't <laughs> again, other than proximity to Hulk and OK, great. He overcame this tragedy. We are not at least I'm not. I'm assuming I can speak for you as well. We're not invested mm -hmm. in Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake. No, and I mean, I don't, I, I never did hate the guy or anything. I just didn't, you know, like, I mean, I think he was on that old cartoon show that I used to watch as a kid. Like, he, the was, what, because he was because he was one of the, yeah, because he was one of the, the Hulk Hogan, you know, he, he was basically like a hanger on, essentially. In but I mean, I too, knew yeah. him from that, which is why, which is why, you know, which is why I had some affinity for him as a kid because I was like, oh, he's that guy from the cartoon. But it's like, I just, I, I don't have a real connection with Brutus Beefcake. I'm sorry, you know, the massive shears notwithstanding, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I would go to a barber who has a mullet that, that pronounced. Oh, in 1993, though. Maybe in 1993. I don't know. I was never a big fan of the mullet. Oh, I, I was I was a mullet kid. I never, my dad I never was, rocked the mullet. My dad has pretty much had a mullet since the 80s. Um, <laughs> Business in the front, but party in the back. Yeah. Well, my just as a, he'll never listen to this, uh, but my father, <laughs> one of his biggest fears is going bald. His, his as far as I as from what I understand, his father went bald very early. His brother went bald very I early. See. Unfortunately, it is happening to me as well. Stress from former it's jobs, and jokes, of course. Um, but my yeah, my happens. father will not admit that he has a rather large bald patch in the back and that his hair is thinning on the top because it's long enough that he basically it's like a comb over mullet. And I say that with all love towards my father, but it's basically a comb over mullet. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> if trust me, if I wasn't if I wasn't 
if my hairline in the front wasn't receding so much, I would try to grow my hair out like that. But unfortunately, I would have almost a skullet. Like um, a skullet. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Not Typhoon. Earthquake that we saw. <laughs> We've you see right where he has like think like like a cane in later years right where he has like the very distinct hairline about halfway over his head oh yeah 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 a skullet a skullet oh my goodness gracious but uh, yeah so we do get those opening promos again Brutus's didn't really mean a whole lot to me. Um, I think but, I, I I honestly had more to say about that than the than the most of the matches on this program. <laughs> the Steiner brothers. Okay, so so should we get to that? Should we should we start rattling sure. off the matches here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I do first... want to say really quick though. Wait, sure, before, sure, I'm sorry. Sure, before ahead. we get to that, one other thing because we talked a little bit about commentary and whatnot, and yes. I I googled it didn't do like a super deep dive. I'm sure I could probably find something on like an eBay or, or a custom something or other cannot yeah. find that macho man Monday night raw shirt. How cool looking was that shirt? That was an awesome shirt. It, has, it had macho man in like sparklies. I think it said Monday night in sparklies, but it was it the did. Monday night raw thing. And then on each sleeve because it was a t-shirt like a short sleeve t-shirt so there wasn't a whole well there is a whole lot of room because his biceps are huge but there wasn't a whole lot of room like lengthwise um but it had the uh un what is it uncooked i can never i yeah uncensored uncut uncooked or something yeah it had uncut uncensored uncooked something like that it had that on the on each sleeve it did that was was pretty cool yeah but Okay, that was the only other comment that I wanted to make before we get into the oh, first I, match. I hear you. It's the macho madness. Um, so the very first match is the Steiner brothers leading us off with a squash match against Glenn Ruth and Bobby. Who? 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 So Glenn this, Ruth. of course, prompts many, many, many who's on first jokes from Rob Bartlett. Excuse me while I go get run over by a bus. I'm not going to lie. I like the Abbott and Costello who's on first bit. I, I actually love that. Just showed it. Yeah, I actually just showed it to my cousin uh, recently who I don't. I think he's like heard or like references to it, but I don't think he had ever like heard the whole bit. But yeah. I played it. And That's a I, great bit. It is. But when you have Rob Bartlett doing it. <laughs> over and over and not doing the whole bit it gets old quick we gotta see if he's like on twitter or whatever and reach out see if we can get him on the show oh god no (laughs) No. oh dear that's i know i know that's all yours man that's all yours (laughs) i know you're busy that week Uh (laughs) yes i'm very busy that week i would actually that would actually be fascinating i think but yeah that would be pretty fun um but uh, yes, the Steiner brothers uh, defeat Glenn Ruth and Bobby who Glenn Ruth, uh, I believe we've talked about it before, is um, the one of the headbangers. Um, he is headbanger Thrasher later Thrasher, on. Thrasher, that's right. Yes. Now, okay, do we know anything about Bobby who? I, so, okay, so I, for a lot of my stuff, I've been on, so 
just completely off topic a few years ago um, obviously everybody knows like wikipedia and there used to be a sister site called wikia that basically where you can go and basically make yeah, your own wikia. encyclopedia yeah. of various things they changed their branding mm-hmm. a few years ago it's now fandom fandom so it's whatever dot fandom.com yeah so i a lot of my a lot of the stuff that i look at for this uh it's not always just this but it is yeah, uh, pro wrestling.fandom.com. So I have actually clicked on the Bobby Who article and, and it is nothing. Nothing. Absolutely. Literally, nothing. it just talks, it just says his birthday. It says he was I, I'm looking at it right now, yeah. and it is nothing. Nope. There's he looks a profile that, on a picture looks like a look like he could be a a generic background in the Heart Foundation. Exactly. I was gonna say, is he like the Heart Foundation's like third cousin, twice removed? I I don't know. Anyway. But other than that, I got and I honestly I didn't do like a super deep dive to see what else because if they if if that didn't have anything, I, I don't know where else I would try to find information. <laughs> everybody, everybody on the internet's going Bobby who? Right. Exactly. Oh. Um. Oh. What are you an owl? Not a bad match, um, but yeah, again, it's a squash match. We kind of talked about that. Um, yeah, the the Steiners, of course, are always, always good, if you ask me. But the thing of it is, is that you have Bartlett on commentary, and all he's doing is terrible versions of the who's on first uh, joke, and he's also just questioning the Steiner brothers' uh, apparel choices. That's it. Well, that's because he's that's... doing. He has an odd one. So I, I get to dress commentary. nicer for my job now. Uh, for my for my current place of employment, I get to dress nicer and I get to see a lot of nice, uh, nice attire and things like that. And yeah. um, I've seen. Now again, this is in in twenty twenty three. Um, I've seen like a like you know like a dinner jacket sort of thing like that where it's. Like a tuxedo jacket, but not exactly. And I've seen where it's white with the black lapel, black with a black lapel. I have not seen black with the white lapel at all. I don't know if that's Very something you might have to get. Like, I mean, I, I may it may have been more readily available in 1993. It may just not be available where I work. It might have just been a New York thing, as he said. Right. I have not seen something like that. And I don't, I can't think offhand any time that I've seen anyone wear anything like that. Again, the inverse, the white with a black lapel, yes. But the black with the white lapel, I, I could not could not tell you. So he's not necessarily one to talk when it comes to fashion related stuff. And he also said a lot of things on this episode that caused Vince to just uncomfortably laugh and then change the subject. That's been every episode. So I mean, that's been every episode, (laughs) but it's just really pronounced here. Um, but yes, like we said, the uh, Steiner brothers defeated Bobby, who um, the greatest tag teams of all time. So. And again, the Steiner yeah, they... brothers don't do a bad match, like we said, but it just no. because it was a squash, but... it was just nothing squash. special. Yeah. Yeah. Um All right. we did see 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it was either, I believe it was right after that we saw the, was it the WrestleMania report? It was the WrestleMania report, yes. Okay. Uh, with um, Mean Gene uh, talking about, one of the things that I loved, and this is this is most definitely a Vince McMahon WWF slash E spin, is that the city built for you know, entertainment and all these things is now the family friendly the f- capital family of the world. Friendly capital of the world, yes. <laughs> what in the flipping hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry, wait, let me do my Vince McMahon laugh. Is that a Woody Woodpecker laugh? Like slowed down. That's what he does. That's how he laughs. That's what he does. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Rob Bartlett. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's the case, Rob. <laughs> but uh yes, yeah, so we did see the WrestleMania report um talking about uh WrestleMania 9 coming up at Caesar's Palace. So it's nice to see me and Gene. I believe he referred to it as um the weekend WrestleMania report, which to me says that this had already aired on superstars challenge and perhaps even mania yeah probably yeah yeah. (laughs) i would imagine it's recycled content yes that's what we did back then um a lot of it in this episode right um you think there would have been more time considering they were off last week like that they didn't have to use so much recycled stuff (laughs) yeah um but we also saw somewhere in here, we also saw a segment uh, on, I believe it was, they said it was from, it was either Superstars or Challenge. I believe it was from, uh, excuse me, Superstars, Superstars where um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, after several yep. uh, shoulder tackle attempts, finally took Yokozuna off of waving. his feet. After much dueling flag waving with Mr. Fuji. Yes. Uh yeah. Good good times in the nineties. Um yeah, so Hacksaw versus Yoko. Hacksaw just taking up all the time to to do the three point stance and actually do a shoulder tackle as if he's an offensive lineman. Against Yokozuna who's just sitting there waiting for him, you know? And yeah. so apparently, it took a few attempts, but he got it. Apparently, Jim Duggan was the first man to knock down Yokozuna in a singles match. So in a one-on-one context, even though Macho did it in the Royal Rumble, I believe. I think it was Macho Man who did it. That's not a singles match. Um, that's not a singles match, though. So uh, can I tell you what made me laugh hysterically? Other than the flag waving was... um. Yoko cheating to win by by getting the the I, I want to say almost like a pot of salt mm-hmm. and throwing it into the air and completely missing Jim Duggan. Oh, but he's he's almost blinded after that. But he's blinded, completely missing. Of course, you don't want to throw you don't want to actually throw salt in the uh, in the in your opponent's eyes because that could be debilitating. But it was pretty funny because he sold the crap out of it. Like he 
he was so down. Like, what was the referee doing? Literally, you have a stoppage in the match because Hacksaw is so happy that he knocked Yokozuna off his feet that he takes it almost like I won the match now. Yokozuna's on his, you know, on his back on the in the ring. I've won the match. So starts, you know, flag waving again and getting the crowd all hyped up and everybody's going, look at Yokozuna, which, by the way, was one of the things in kayfabe that I always hated. Everybody's sitting there telling you to look behind you and you're just sitting there going like, yes, I win. It's like, are you are you are you dumb? Oh, no. See, I this is a very dangerous, very slippery slope, because once you start applying logic to things, once like, you start applying logic, yeah, because it's, like, it's it's, it's my th- that's it's that's over. my argument for um when someone when like, say, if if Mr. Fuji had hopped up on the side and so Hacksaw turns and pays more attention to him. Just don't look at him. He's yeah, exactly. Just don't look at him. you. I know. <laughs> like, at least when the refs do it, it's like, okay, you kind of get like, it's the ref. The ref is the ref is a dumbass anyway. But like, yeah, I mean, uh, so he throws the rice at him or he throws the salt at him. I think it's supposed to be salt. Throws the salt at him, wins the match because Duggan sells it like he's just been blinded and he's just completely done. <sighs> Did the ref yep. not see the salt? Did the ref not see anything that was going on? He didn't try to restart the match, that's for sure. He didn't try to be like, oh, hey, by the way, Duggan, the match isn't over. Hacksaw, come on, get back in the ring. Did the ref, was he just not paying attention? Was he just not there? Did he well, just run okay, out of the so ring at some point? Talking about that in the clip from, uh, yeah, in the, in the same thing. Um, yeah. The flag, the American flag, is laid out over Duggan. Yeah, yeah. There's several authority figures. Several referees referees in the ring trying to pull him away, and they don't try hard enough. Well, that's the thing, is Yokozuna... Like he would, he would get up onto the second it took a rope, long time, and he would like bounce a little, yeah, and then he would, he would, you know, do the bonsai drop. There's one ref, like straight up, has both of his hands on, like the calf shin boot area, yes, of hacksaw Jim Duggan, yeah, and does like straight up does not pull his leg, no, doesn't do anything, no. Why? I don't know. Well, obviously it's to it's it's just to get Yoko over as a as a heel. Well, yes, but it's just it it's but, logically I say why. <laughs> why though? Yeah, why? I noticed that too, and I was like, "What the heck? You got like two, there's like four refs in the ring right there, and none of them are trying to pull him out of the way. None. Uh uh, but Not all of that leads to uh, sort of summing up where Yokozuna is because now he is also going to have a squash match against a guy named Ross Greenberg. Greenberg. Not Goldberg. Who uh, I looked up and once again, not a whole mo- much more information than Bobby who, but uh, he uh, he retired in 1999 mm-hmm. and pretty much was just a jobber sort of guy so not a whole lot 
about him enhancement talent yep yeah oh sorry yes enhancement talent not a jobber uh (laughs) pin me pay me job squad man um (laughs) i don't know we you know i mean i'm sure you know what that is i don't know if you were watching at that time though i don't think you were watching at that time and i don't i don't think so but i've heard of it yeah late 99 yeah uh your your gilbergs and all of them they would uh, yeah gilberg yes yeah all all them they would have the of course you know gonna do the j-o-b uh (laughs) pin me pay me sort of thing like they're like i yeah you know what i get paid to look up at the lights and i'm okay with that um but yeah, so his again, last another... match was in '99, where he teamed with Julio Sanchez in a loss to the Hardy Boys. Right. Yep. Hmm. Which again, what? that says to me, jobber, enhancement talent, whatever you want to call him. Enhancement talent. But... <laughs> yeah. Um. But yes. Yeah, so uh, other than that, uh, that brief, you know, being knocked off of his feet by uh, hacksaw Yokozuna still seems to be the unbeatable force here, and is referred to earlier in the episode is referred to by Bartlett as Oriental yet again. I I'm not gonna lie, I actually missed that one. I'm yes. I'm kind of surprised that I missed that one. Yeah, he um, was referred to by Bartlett as Oriental. That is again. not. Not acceptable. Not okay. I, I, uh, yeah. First of all, he's Samoan. He even, he even says that to the camera. He says something about Samoa. And, um, you know, as I heard him say it. And, uh, and of course, Mr. Fuji is from my, my, um, place of birth, Hawaii. So Mr. Fuji is, not actually Japanese. I mean, he is Japanese, but he is not from Japan. Of Japanese descent, yeah. Yes, he is of Japanese descent, but he is not from Japan. He is from Hawaii. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and that makes me love the guy. And that makes me kind of, you know, I, I have a soft spot for Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna. They were good, especially as, you know, as the, the big, uh, the, the big heel character and the big, you know, heel manager of the day. So, so um, I do kind of like them now, especially, but back then, you know, back then when I was a kid, I was like, yeah. From my understanding, and I think I may have mentioned this before, Mr. Fuji, notorious river. Oh, I bet. Like, like a prankster. He's from yeah. Hawaii. He is going to be a river. <laughs> yes, there is absolutely zero doubt in my mind. Plus, he's my grandpa. <laughs> grandpa was also a river but oh um, okay okay yes yeah my, well i mean you know they, they work security at one of the hotels um but uh yeah i you know it, it's it's kind of uh it's very much a trait especially of that generation that there there was a, a certain a certain rapscallionness to them a certain rascalness as we used to say but um Anyway, shall we move on to uh, Mr. Giant? If we Mr. have Giant to. Uh, Gonzalez, man, who won is his uh, who again man, gets is man featured. the right word though? Is man the right word? Because perhaps sure... not man, perhaps <laughs> not. I, I don't honestly know. I can't tell. 
man beast maybe maybe i mean i don't, I don't want to insult the poor man <laughs> but you know, i mean that so outfit Giant is Gonzalez... insulting enough let me no let's be honest that outfit is insulting <laughs> that enough. outfit is insulting enough My now Bartley went after that why outfit. all right yeah why vince why okay anyway um so Giant Gonzalez, they show footage of him from Superstars once again. So again, recycled footage of him winning a, a handicap match against three jobbers or enhancement talent. And um, it... One I of know whom what I believe was Luis Piccoli. It was Piccoli. Yeah. It was. Yes, they actually mentioned it. I just, I, I, you know, I I can see what they're trying to do here. I just, I don't think it works. I just don't think it works. But you know, looking back at it, thirty years, you know, hence. But it's just like, why, why though? Why the outfit? Why, why all of this? Why Vince? Vince. <laughs> Because it's Vince. Oh, wait, wait, oh, wait, let me, let me, sorry, let me do the Vince. Yeah, 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 do the Vince. Yep, here we go. Because it's such good shit, pal. (laughs) Is it, though? Is it? This is some good shit. I can't even. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, the outfit though. Every single time, like when he's moving in the ring, you can see it. Like, what were they trying to prove? What were they doing? Why were they doing it? What is going on? So what I'm is just gonna... reality. I'm just going to throw this out there and I because I believe they mentioned something about uh, the Undertaker um yeah, because obviously so. as we know we watched we watched and discussed uh, Royal Rumble 1993 uh Giant Gonzalez came yeah. uh basically he's the the newest uh charge of Harvey Whippleman who's been in sort of the feud with uh, the Undertaker mm-hmm. and um I don't know if they've announced it officially at this point but obviously looking back 30 years we know what it is Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna go ahead and give us a 30 year old spoiler. Sure. Giant Gonzalez and the Undertaker are going to face off at WrestleMania. It is yep. part of Wrestle uh Res- yeah, Undertaker's WrestleMania streak, but it yep. is pretty much the one match that WWE now doesn't ever mention as part of his streak because it is probably because giant Gonzalez can't work. Like, I'm sorry. He can't, he could do a few, a few big things, but unlike a big man, like Paul white, AKA the big show or the giant in WCW a few years after this, or Andre, the giant uh, in, in years past giant Gonzalez cannot necessarily work. That was never really like his thing. Yeah. So it is, and I can't wait till, I mean, part of me, I don't want to watch it, but part of me also can't wait until we get to it. Um, 
it is a terrible match with a terrible ending. And it's interesting to because again, it's not one that they ever really talk about. Um, but it's definitely interesting seeing the build to that and the build of this of this character here. And you know, it they basically the reason that they that they sort of show this and that they're talking about it is because they've said uh that there is going to be a I believe it's a 15 man. 16 man. 16 yeah. man. 16 man over the top battle royal. Right. And everyone good, you know, they they don't say it like this, but basically good guys and bad guys, no matter how strong or athletic they are, they have all they all have declared that if giant Gonzalez is in there, they will not participate. And mm-hmm. that's why they're showing us this clip from, uh, from superstars is because just to show why everyone, all of your favorite uh, WWF superstars are afraid because giant Gonzalez is just so dominant. Yes. So powerful. Yes. That they would never be able to take him down ever, right? Yeah, um, we all know the real reason why, right? We then do get to see that match. Um, the yep. participants and I have it here in front of me: uh, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Kamala, Iron Mike Sharp, Bob Backlund, Kim Chi, The Berserker. Tatanka, Owen Hart, Damian Demento, El Matador, Terry Taylor, Coco Beware, Typhoon, Skinner, and then surprise at the end, Jaya Gonzalez makes an appearance. Shocking. <laughs> I'm shocked. Um, It's not great. There's a few good spots in this match. There is some really funny stuff with uh, Kamala and Kimchi. Uh, towards like the second half of the match. Yes. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Um. But uh, re- like listening to that list, you kind of gotta expect that it was either going to be Razor Ramon or Shawn Michaels. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh. Maybe Tatanka, but. Other than that, pretty much. Um, and really the only way that that Razor wins is because he slides out uh under the bottom rope. Giant Gonzalez comes in, takes out the last few people, and then steps over the top rope himself. Giant Gonzalez, that is, steps over the top rope himself. Therefore, if he is technically a participant in the match, he has eliminated himself, leaving Razor the chance to slide back in and be declared the winner, the sole survivor. <laughs> um, the uh, They had the- so many of these gimmicky finishes back then and uh, so frustrating. I remember being very frustrated as a kid. Well, that's the thing is it makes sense, like, especially because like Razor's a heel, a bad guy, right? Like it makes sense. It also makes yeah. sense why towards the beginning of the match, um, Shawn Michaels was the last to get in 
because he, you know, he waited to see what everybody else was going oh, to yeah, do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to say, is it kimchi? Just keep sliding in and out of the ring as well for a while. Yes. Um, and the then Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then, um, so oh, the kimchi. the humorous thing that I was that I was alluding to is the fact, obviously, we've kind of talked about it here, but again, I I feel like it was more featured on like your superstars and challenge, which maybe one of these times we'll have to cover that as either a bonus show or something like, you know, maybe something from that, whatever, one of these, one of these weeks. Um, yeah. But uh, basically the two uh, kimchi and, and Kamala are going after because they used to be partners or, or on a, t- uh, you know, some, something or other. And then um, now they're, they're going after each other. And then, Basically, Kamala gets eliminated, slides back in the ring, takes yep. kimchi out. And, and they then... count it. What's that? Well, they don't really they don't really count it. What he does is he just chases him all the way out into the floor and through the crowd and up the balcony. And that's it is they 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 do. And it's the funny thing is, so I'm I'm a little behind. Well, I'm actually very behind, I suppose. Um on some of the wrestling podcasts that I listen to, but something I was listening to recently was um, Jeff Jarrett and Conrad Thompson. And then later uh, as a bonus thing for them, it was uh, Jeff Jarrett and Paul Bromwell, who's one of the uh, people who works for Conrad. Um, But they were talking about the old concession stand brawls featuring the moon dogs back in the, uh, the old Memphis territory uh, Jeff Jarrett's featured in one of them. Jerry Lawler is featured in one or two of them, things like that. And the very first one, uh, Jarrett talked about the fact that it was something you didn't really see a lot. They mm-hmm. make it seem like they're out of time. The the single because it was like a single camera show back then, you know, because they didn't have yeah, it was, the biggest yeah. production budget. Yeah. So um but the cameraman takes the camera off the tripod and basically goes down. Like you follow the announcer as he's going down the steps. And then they are literally brawling in the concession stand. There's mustard and hot dogs and this and that. And (laughs) the audience, the audience has gone from the arena out in, you know, to watch this happen and then a few years later, they did the second one because they didn't. It was a sparing sort of thing. And I feel like this could have benefited from that, because at one point they tell us on commentary that, uh, you know, because they, they it looks like they're about to start following them and they do a little bit through the crowd and whatnot. And then when they go sort of out into the like into it looks like they go almost out into that concession stand area sort of thing and then it cuts back to the action in ring which is not a problem obviously in later years we would have seen like when technology became better and and whatever we would easily see a split screen monday night raw and wcw nitro and all of that they started to to utilize that more split screen I mean, obviously other shows, other sports related shows did as well, but they started to utilize that split screen a lot more. So we would have seen, I feel like we would have seen maybe that as opposed to 
I believe it was Vince telling us at one point, oh, it seems like they've went right out onto 42nd Street and we don't get to see that. And then we don't get to we only hear <laughs> oh, they came back into the building. And then we see one moment where there's a spotlight yeah. up in the balcony. And the, yeah, there's a spotlight in the balcony. <laughs> and kimchi is running. Now, the, the thing that, that had me cracking up, though, and it's not I, I it's not a it's not a weight comment. Because these guys, in terms of like stature and whatnot, maybe not height on for all of them, some of them, most of them, I guess, but they're larger than me, whether that be, oh, you know, weight, like, like muscle, whatever, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're larger guys than I am. So this is not like me saying like a weight sort of comment, but they make the comment that Kamala is like chasing after kimchi so much that he might be able to run like the marathon in the olympics next time well, and yeah, then the did. next time we see him up in the balcony he's <laughs> he's barely <laughs> trudging along <laughs> right uh like it's... Macho, I think, was the one who made the comment. I think it was Macho. Oh my god, that was funny though. Yeah, he's he's barely like trudging, like he's he's like shuffling his feet basically along <laughs> the floor uh, to to keep him moving. <laughs> I mean, but albeit, it must have been hard to like to to be a big dude and run like all the way up there and just like um, I mean. Just running around in that little balcony area, you know, it just must have been like, you don't want to just trip and fall into a spill like right on national television. No, it just it was it was just not good it just, timing. <laughs> it was just hilarious. It was hilarious. I mean, it's like you know, all these unintentionally hilarious things that happened in this episode. But uh, yeah, as we said, um, Razor Ramon is declared the winner um yep. and we see like little little funny funny bits in there we see uh backland you know trying to do his thing we yeah see, backland was doing his thing <laughs> we see a lot of a lot of good bumps from sean michaels like... and owen hart in there yeah owen, um, yep we see Coco beware uh, <laughs> yeah the one thing I thought was funny was when Damien Demento got eliminated, they ask if his friend got eliminated as well, because we've seen him like talking. Yeah, yeah. Other, talking right? to someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just all of a sudden. Um, so we did see some some good good spots and, and good, like I said, bumps and things like that. But yes, Razor Ramon declared the winner. I don't think this was for anything. Um, and the other, sp the other thing that I thought was, was interesting because obviously we know, um, Diesel is not here yet. Hunter yeah. Hearst Helmsley is not here yet. Even the yeah. one, two, three kid is not here yet, but we do see Sean and Razor who we know go on to have legendary matches both against each other and as a team and obviously being, you know, two of the the five best friend members of the clique so it was kind of inter like interesting to sort of see the the early thing here 
where they talk strategy and it's kind of like, okay, it's going to be an us where the heels versus them, the baby face sort of, sort of thing. Yeah. You definitely get hints of that relationship for sure. And then, uh, I believe we went right into the final match. Am I not mistaken? Yeah, we did. We just went right into the main event match between uh, Brutus the Barber and the Million Dollar Man. In my opinion, and this this discussion can, you know, there's there's probably a list. If if you get you get the opinion of all wrestling fans, it'd be a list to rival Jericho's a thousand and four holds, arm bar included. <laughs> Our part included. Um, but in my opinion, Ted DiBiase, I'm not saying he's the, not saying he's the top, but Ted DiBiase is probably one of the top people that should have been, but wasn't world champion. Yeah, I I definitely would agree with that. I think I think Tibiasi was way better than people give him credit for. I think he's very kind of underrated in a way because he does so many matches where like I mean, he was one of the major heels back then, especially during, you know, Hogan's like heyday in the in the 80s and stuff. I mean, Tibiasi is they have so much history there, and I think that he's kind of criminally underrated, in my opinion. Plus, he has a great evil laugh, like I'm always saying. People underestimate the power of the evil laugh. Well, DB, from my understanding, and I could be mistaken on this, but from my understanding, understanding, blah, 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 understanding, <laughs> um, <laughs> DiBiase, of course, was in uh, the NWA for a very long time before he made the jump to right. be a million dollar man over in the WWF. And I, I believe I told the story or maybe at least part of the story about um, how the million dollar man character is basically Vince McMahon in real life and whatnot. Yes. Yes. And, you, um, did. you told that story. Yeah. From what I understand, DiBiase was basically promised the NWA championship if he had stayed. But he had the meeting with Vince and probably somewhere along the line, I believe uh, Bruce Pritchard, Pat Patterson, maybe some others were, you know, in that sort of inner circle. Were, but at, the, at this point, I believe, or at that point, I believe it was just the two of them. But, um, you know, they were, they were either there or they talked with him after the fact or what have you. Um, and they were basically the ones that said to him, like, let's put it this way. If Vince were a character, this is the character that Vince would be or would play or whatever the million dollar man character. And I think because of that and believing that Vince would be behind him. And obviously mm-hmm. uh, the, one of the things that has, that, that was to the downfall of the NWA into the WCW era Mm-hmm. Pre Hulk mm-hmm. Hogan, and I've I've mentioned it on the show before, was the fact that they didn't have as much in terms of licensing 
and you know like your toys and your posters and your shirts and all of that it wasn't really yeah. they got hulk hogan later macho man and several others that they yeah. started to build that because they just didn't have as much as you know new york did meaning the wwf because that was that's their home there was, was their home base was new york it was you know, they they didn't have as much of that or or really any like New York did. And so yeah. that was sort of the thing. And it was in Vince, despite what people will say, I've heard consistently from several people, Vince does not ever promise anyone you will be champion. He will say things like, oh, mm-hmm. I could see you being champion one day. But that mm-hmm. is not him saying I'm going to make you champion. And that's people no. a lot of times get that confused. But I could I could definitely see him perhaps saying that to DiBiase. I could see them saying, like, I basically, we're gonna we're gonna invest that. a lot of time and money and you know promotion and all of this stuff in you. But in my opinion, and I'm I'm just speaking for me, mm-hmm. it's uh it's a shame that he never that he being DiBiase never got the world I mean yes there's that unofficial thing briefly when uh, Andre handed him the belt um but uh he he yeah. never officially got the world championship and I think that he is one of the the few on my list yeah. at least that was uh I don't even want to say deserving of it but he should have in my opinion he should have been the the world champion I think he should have been as well. Yeah, for sure. Um. So, yes, we see him coming out with with Jimmy Hart and man, oh, man, if anyone out there knows someone that custom spray paints, nice looking dinner jackets like Jimmy Hart has <laughs> get in touch with me. We're going to give out socials in a little bit. Get in touch with me because. I am interested because, as I said, I get to dress a little nicer now for my job, and I would love, like, a clock shelves themed jacket like that. Has to be like a night, like with the with the lapel and all of that. Can't just be like a like a a coat. Has to be like a like a nice jacket with the you know the the nicely folded lapel and all that. But I would love like a clock shelves themed spray painted jacket, and see what my boss says if I were to walk in the door. um but uh yes uh jimmy hart accompanies uh ted dibiase out in in his match against brutus not long into the match well brutus doesn't do a whole lot other than strutting and cutting you know he's strutting and cutting strutting and cutting in that ring there and admittedly i've said it not the biggest fan of brutus but he got the crowd going and that's what you he want. Did. Like that at least was something that got the crowd going was him being like, I'm back. I'm strutting, you know, like I get it. Um, yeah. Not long into the match, of course. Um, IRS comes down. Irwin. Uh, <laughs> Irwin. And, uh, and he hates that as commentary made he sure to point out. Absolutely him. hates that. Jimmy Hart throughout the whole match even before irs comes out jimmy hart yeah. is basically saying you know and even i believe even in the promo towards the beginning of the show he's there going like you know you don't have to do a whole lot of damage to him you know you don't gotta you don't gotta you don't gotta be that mean to him basically you don't gotta you don't gotta beat him that hard and you know whatever and um 
he's he you know obviously we see the turn right because mm-hmm. uh irs comes out smacks um brutus with his little briefcase the ref saw that because it was very blatant even though the salt was too i guess earlier in the night but the ref saw this one and um calls for the bell and then basically they being money inc uh dibiase and and erwin r shyster go and brutalize brutus oh yeah jimmy hart turns hey knock it off you know yep then he goes to check on him yeah and somewhere along the line we see the blood yep um and commentary i'll admit commentary played it up like oh my god because like we i mean now this is the moment where i'm here going okay now i'm starting to feel a little sympathy for brutus right because yeah now we're starting to feel sympathy for him and like they said that smack with the with the briefcase that was audible yes like that was an audible smack and it did not sound good (laughs) Like it, it's you know, again, there it's their job to make it look real, it's their job to make it look authentic, like it genuinely happened and that they were really trying to hurt him. And I don't believe that they were, but that definitely felt like it, it, it looked and it felt bad. <laughs> like, I mean, I could feel it, right? And that's it, like you, so, like you said, they're, they're not, it's meant to look like they're hurting him while actually being incredibly yeah. safe. But yes. if you said, but like if I saw like an interview where they were like, oh no, that one actually got me, I would be like, yep. Yeah, I would believe it. <laughs> yep. I would believe that that one actually got him and that they broke his nose. Yep. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously there was blood and, and they they were playing it up as like, you know, they, they legitimately went to hurt him. They went out to hurt him and it was all planned. That was a planned DQ. And as Macho Man said, and it just it just seemed like, you know, they were they were going to hurt this guy. And this is all, of course, to set up the fact that we are going to get a very angry Hulk Hogan next week. A very angry returning Hulk Hogan. Which because you could I mean, I, I don't know if it happened because I don't remember. So don't tell me if it happened. Because I want to just see it for myself, but like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember if I saw that episode. I don't think I did. I think as a kid, I was still like doing homework or what have you, or just not watching, whatever. But like, yeah, I don't remember that. I don't remember that episode. Well, I guess so, we'll have to find out next. I guess week. we'll find out. <laughs> yep. Um, but no, it's <laughs> but and it's, it's a good tease. It is. And that's the thing is, so we've, we've kind of, we've kind of talked about this on, on this podcast, uh, sort of since we started, right. Where it seems like there's not a whole lot there, there may not be, um, the kind of serialized aspect of this. It seems like it's just kind of like episode, like there's, there's obviously certain things and, Again, we're not watching all of the shows. We're not watching your superstars and your challenges and, you know, mania and things like that. We're just 
recapping, for the most part, the Monday Night Raw episodes. Obviously, we have some other things sprinkled in, your pay-per-views, take a look at WCW last week, so on and so forth. But they've actually, this is perhaps the second time that they've left us with a little bit of intrigue, right? Like the first, well, Mm -hmm. maybe third time, which I guess in five episodes, you know, but yeah, the, the, you know, when Ric Flair said, you know, we, we both can't stay here. Loser leaves town match that left us with intrigue. What's going to happen next week. Then that match actually happened. Okay. Wait, now what, now that Flair is gone. And then um, now this, where it's, it appears that it is setting up perhaps for the return of everyone's brother. <laughs> brother. <laughs> um, yeah, so overall, I mean, not a great match. Oh, they did. Oh, by the way, they did come back. After the very final break to to tell us that um oh wait, let's see how, how it's recapped on uh, the the site. Featuring a featured a closing segment where it was announced there had been no major damage to Brutus Beefcake. With a hint, as you said, with a hint that Hulk Hogan was likely to appear on the following mm-hmm. week's show after what happened. Ah, uh, likely to appear. Hmm. But uh I always think that's weird when they come back just to do. They did that on the on the uh, the final flare one as well, where they came back and they were like, "Just so you all are aware," uh, we talked about this with with Kevin, where he said like, you know, they had to come back just to say like, "Oh, he still will be at the house shows," because they clearly thought that much of Flair and that it may have ruined their house show sales <laughs> if it was like suddenly he wasn't going to be there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that would have been but, a huge problem. But overall, I would say this show, not bad, not great. Um, I would give it, because I know you're going to ask me, I personally would give it a five. That's about where I'm at with it, yes. And people have to remember that that's us saying now it would have been at least one point lower, perhaps even two, if Bartlett had been on commentary more steadily. <laughs> oh, the one thing yeah. I did want to point out, though, because I kept looking because they don't show it very often, the camera angle, because where commentary is set up on the side, mm-hmm. like uh, like it's not in the center like it is no. now. Right. Like the commentary desk is not there. So a lot of times when you see outside on that side of the ring, more often than not, you're seeing Howard Finkel there. Yeah. Yeah. But every so often they would aim the camera and they would shoot it. Bartlett sat there the whole time. Oh, yeah. I I would not have thought that. Honestly, I would have thought that maybe they they did something because. They had, I'm not a hundred percent convinced these are live, by the way. I don't think they are. I think they were. I don't recorded. think they were. I think they were yeah, recorded. I think beforehand. they were recorded. In which case, uh, it would make sense that they announced all three 
Like they had all three of them stand in there. And then um, actually here, according to the pro wrestling thing, it says that it was taped on February 1st. So that it was recorded with this, with the previous one as well. Um, so yeah, uh, it would make, it might make sense that it was the three of them standing there introducing the show. And then maybe Savage had to go off and do something else. So he wasn't actually there at the desk. And then maybe Bartlett couldn't stay the whole time, especially if they were doing two back to back, maybe he couldn't stay there the whole time. So they had to figure out something to sort of write him out. But the fact that he stayed sitting there was like the thing that made me go, huh, that's just weird. Because it's not like you, it's not like people, I mean, I'm sure people were there and they were, you know, taking pictures or whatever, but it's not like now where if that happened and somebody like left or whatever, and you'd take a picture and it would be on mm -hmm. Twitter instantly where it's like, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. not even there at the desk anymore. He He just left. Like he stayed there. That kind of impressed me, actually. Well, Vince was probably like, if you leave, we're not going to pay you. <laughs> maybe. Like I said, I th maybe I thought maybe that maybe they maybe they like when it happened, I thought that was their way. I, di I didn't think that it was a legitimate technical issue. Mm -hmm. I thought it was maybe something to make it seem like Randy couldn't talk. Then That's he, what I was thinking. Then he wrestled it away from Bartlett as a way to write Bartlett out of the show. But the fact that he, which, which, yeah, then if he wasn't there when the camera shows that, that would make sense because it's like, well, okay, he's not there. But the fact that he stayed there makes me think maybe it was a legitimate technical issue. It might have been. But on that same token, if it was taped like two weeks, maybe even three weeks in advance, why couldn't they have just voiced over the commentary? Like 80 yard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Just weird. But that to me, and, the, and it's just me, and I just said this to a, a very good friend of mine yesterday because he sent me, he's, he, he doesn't. He doesn't really like wrestling. He could t he could talk about it. He used to watch it when he was a kid and whatnot. But he'll a lot of times he'll send me sort of funny. I'm not a big fan of like comedy wrestling, like this, like the the spot with the with the Kamala thing, like mm -hmm. that was funny mixed in with other stuff. Yeah, but like pure comedy matches, not necessarily my thing, right? Yeah. So, um, he sent me that, and I was like, oh, that's not really my thing. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, really. I said, but you know for me it's a lot of that these days right i said for me though i said because it's the thing not everything has to be for everybody in terms of wrestling i said i know a lot of people who don't like some of the things that i like with regards to wrestling and i said if i was ever blessed to somehow some way you know like book my own wrestling card or something i would probably more than likely put a comedy match on there and I've heard it described, I want to say it was perhaps Dusty Rhodes who said it, but I've heard it said by several people that professional wrestling should be like a three-ring circus. There should be a little something for everybody. You may not like the lion taming thing, but maybe you'll like the acrobatics. 
But if you don't like the acrobatics, maybe you like the motorcycle stunts inside that domed cage thing. You know what I mean? Like there should mm-hmm. be a little something for everybody and not everybody has to like everything. And that to me is one of the things that I like about wrestling is that there is or should be a little bit for everybody on a personal note. One of the things that I like is because I've been reading and listening and all of the, you know, behind the scenes stuff for years, you know, kind of, I mean, I'm not saying it developed with the nineties, but obviously the night, the late nineties and the, and the internet, made it bigger we've talked about this in the past with regards to the more readily available uh you know newsletters and things like that obviously they existed for such a long time and a lot of your your magazines and and things but one of the things that i like is the what's real and what's not oh those Mm -hmm. two that's not whatever but this over here these two actually do hate each other in real life you know what i mean like everybody knew later on in the nineties, Brett and Sean hated yeah. each other in real hated life. Hated each other. Yeah. So for a certain section of the audience, it made it all the more real mm-hmm. to watch their storyline unfold because you knew it wasn't just, oh, they're gonna go and get a beer after this. It was like, oh, no, they really hate each other. Oh, no, he really said the name of his real life wife right there or whatever, you know? Yep. That's one of the things that I like. So I and I like, you know, oh, is this real? Is this not real? Oh, whatever. So for me, it's like, oh, was that was there really a technical glitch? I'll probably never know. And I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? But that's one of the things that I like is that I get to sit here and go, I wonder if that was real because mm-hmm. it means that they still got me. <laughs> True. You know? <laughs> True. It's a really good point. Yeah. So, okay, Fabe. That's that's all I have for uh, this <laughs> post-Valentine's Day edition of... Monday Night Raw, February 15th, 1993. You got anything else? Nope, that's about it for me. I, I, Yeah, for me, it's about a five as well. It would have been a four if not for the fact that Macho stole Rob Bartlett's mic. <laughs> Apparently. All right, folks. So come back next week. We will be talking that we they they teased you on on commentary with the, you know the the potential. We we teased it here a little bit potential appearance, um, but I'm gonna tease you all as well. There might be something that we have up our sleeves. I make no promises because much like in the WWF, anything can happen here. On Raw, R-A-A-W, Reflecting and Analyzing Wrestling, presented by Renegade Pop Culture and Clock Shelves Entertainment. And representing the Renegade Pop Culture side is my main man right over here, Kiona Neoplasmic. Kiona, let them know, until the next time we talk to them, where they can find you and all things Renegade Pop Culture all around the internet. 
All right. So you can find me at renegadepopculture.com. This is where we have all of our podcasts, all of our articles, uh, basically everything that you would want from us. We cover movies, comics, TV, films. Uh, that was redundant. Video games, music, basically anything that you want from the pop culture sphere we cover. Um, also, you can find us on Twitter at Ren Pop Culture. That's Ren, not Stimpy. And you can find me on Twitter as well at Neoplasmic24. And that's about it. All right. For me, I am on Twitter and Instagram at JPGRB. Uh, for all things clock shelves, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's C L O C K S H E L V E S. Uh, we will be back next time talking about more Monday Night Raw right here on Renegade Pop Culture and Clock Shelves Entertainment. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>